said he got out-rebounded. I was surprised. You did. 36-32. How so, does Yale out-rebound Baylor? Um, you go up and grab the ball off the rim when it comes off, and then you grab it with two hands, and you come down with it, and that's considered a rebound. So they got more of those than we did. Welcome to Beers and Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who love basketball and drinking beer. My name is Connor Caldwell, and I'm joined by Dal Harmon. Dal, how you doing tonight, my man? Doing well. Uh, got some news that we have a client that is uh, no longer going to be working with us, which means that I'm in a little bit of a flux uh, position with work right now. Uh, but that's not not the worst thing. Hopefully something good comes of it. Um, but excited to talk the team we have tonight. I'm excited about the beer slash that's like beer with an asterisk, uh, <laughs> that I'm trying tonight. So, uh, all in all, I'm having a good day. What about you? Can't complain. Uh, we have a game tomorrow night. So this is Wednesday recording. So we have a game Thursday night instead of Friday, which is kind of nice because you have Friday night off. Uh, so I'm excited for that. I think it's a winnable game. If we win, We'll be the first team in our school history to start the season two and O. So that's kind of cool so if we if we win. So it'll be rooting for us. And uh, we went to a middle school football game tonight, which is not exactly the most fun thing to go to. <laughs> but the team won. So my wife's team, she she's a middle school teacher, eighth grade teacher, and her team won. So I was excited about that because uh, a lot of those kids are going to be coming up to our team next year. So uh, good to see them getting the winning ways. So, yeah, it was a, all, all things considered a good good deal. So uh, I want to let you guys know that we are part of the Basketball Podcast Network where you can find the latest on your favorite teams and what's happening around the NBA and NCAA. So go check them out on Twitter. Uh, they retweet every episode that we put out. Um, so go check out or look up the hashtag TBPN. And, uh, yeah, check them out. They have a lot of good shows on there. So let's do the beer review. Dal, what are you drinking tonight? Ooh, let me grab it. Um, and my little, I have a little mini fridge that I have uh, by my desk at work, where I keep my assortment of sodas that I shouldn't drink. Um, <laughs> but I have, like I said, uh, a beer with an asterisk. I have a cider tonight. Um, there's a cider company out of Michigan called Blake's Hard Cider that has one of my favorite ciders um, called El Chavo, which is like a mango habanero cider. Super, super good. Uh, and when I was going through the liquor store the other day to prepare for the Kentucky football tailgate uh, over the weekend, I found this uh, cider called Tropicolata that is orange, coconut, and pineapple hard cider. Nice. All three of those things are things that sound very yummy. Yes. Um, it is 6.9% alcohol by volume. I think it was like a 3.86, something like that, on Untapped. Uh, let's see what we see what we got here. Ooh, that's good. Um, it tastes like if you mix like some some pineapple and orange juice. It's kind of like watered down with some uh, Malibu rum. Which Not bad. Is just Sounds pretty good. Orange pina colada, which is exactly what I said it had in I, it. But. I mean, can't go wrong with that. I love oranges. I like pineapple. I like coconut. So sign me up. I'd have to try that if I could find that around here. Yes, yeah, pretty good. Um, 
It definitely isn't like super sweet. Um, but there's definitely sweetness there. Like pineapple, pineapple juice is insanely sweet. Yeah. And this definitely isn't like fully that. Um, no, this is good. It's cool too. Cause it has on a cut on the back. It, this is part of their like bar cart series apparently. And it has a couple ways where you could, uh, mix it into some cocktails too, which I'm going to have oh, to nice. try this weekend. Very nice. No, that's really good. Sweet. You want to you wanna do yours before I compare it to a team? or Yeah. Yeah, that sounds work. good. Uh, I went because our team tonight is based out of Texas, so I went with a Shiner Texas beer. Um, so obviously brewed in Shiner. Shiner. Um, I went with one that I, we haven't done on this podcast, so I went with O'Reilly. Uh, cool can, first of all, I thought. So sold me on that. Um, and even though it's technically a Mexican-style cerveza, this has definitely a Texas feel to it. Um, like I said, it's brewed in, it's Spotzel Brewery Shiner in Shiner, Texas. So, um, so I'm gonna give it a try. It's a Mexican style lager. Like I said, it's 4.5% ABV and 20 IBUs. Untapped has it as 3.61, but there's only a few ratings because this is a new beer. It came out in 2022, so um, still relatively new. It's beer brewed with the, with agave, so I'm excited for it. Let's give it a try. Past the crushable test for sure. Very crushable. Not super heavy and not super light. So I wouldn't go chugging a bunch of these. Um, but you could definitely throw back, you know, like maybe like four or five and be okay. Maybe a little tipsy. Um, well, I like it. It, it kind of reminds me of, uh, let's say if Corona and Yingling had a baby and like it was super light, kind of somewhere in between there. So definitely enjoyable. Two good like beers that. that I like, yeah. Um, and for my comparison, because of the way it's packaged, it's got the Mexican style packaging, and mm, yeah. um, and I don't know if you watched San Diego State this past weekend, but their helmets we were absolute fire uh, for college football. Those Aztec calendar ones, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, San Diego State with the team comparison here because it's. Well, it's, I mean, it's not new, but it's a it's kind of a newer thing, kind of young thing. And this is like a new beer. It's packaged really well, and uh, and it has some has some decent decent hit to it. So I'll I'll, I'll compare it to that. What are you comparing your uh, cider to? I'm gonna go Ohio State because Ohio State's basketball team is really good. But not to get back into the football school basketball school. Uh, <laughs> Plague this off season, but this is honestly probably my second favorite Blake's Heart Cider that I've tried. But it still isn't the El Chavo that I talked about earlier. Yeah, uh, and that's how like honestly the basketball team is really good, but it just still doesn't compare to the football team. Uh, so I'll go Ohio State. Fair enough. That's a, that's a good comparison. Ohio State basketball is good, not quite yeah. near the level of Ohio State football, which is fine, totally fine. So. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, we know summer is pretty much done, guys. It's September. I mean, I mean, what what else can we do now? We're just waiting for the cool weather to start rolling in. Football is back. So with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook. Sportsbook, sorry. 
You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Obviously, there's college football now. Hey, Sailor's making her podcast debut again. Her weekly appearance on the podcast. But you could throw down on all the major action. And then, guys, tomorrow night, it's Wednesday. When you listen to this, it's going to be Thursday night, and NFL's on. So you can bet on the NFL. You can do all the prop bets. Uh, Hold on just one second. (laughs) I'm going to let Sailor get her barking out. I think somebody came home, and that's what's happening. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, she got him. She has to make her presence then. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you wouldn't know she's there otherwise. Yeah, yeah. She she wants to be the star of the show. Actually, it's fun fun little story for you. We got home from the football game tonight, and she had gotten like we had a pizza box from last night on the counter, mm. and she got it off the counter, and I think she tried to take it to her bed because that's what she does when she's being bad. And uh, she took it to her bed and knocked one of the candles off the like a glass candle off the side like table. And she was pissed. Like or Morgan was pissed. So um, she she was banished outside. Sailor was and for for a couple hours or so. And uh, yeah, it was a rough night. But anyways, back to it. Let's get this ad read over. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, last year I think the one of the there was a prop bet for will Tom Brady complete a pass or something like that. Um, it was something ridiculous, like because the the kickoff last year was the Bucks and the and the Cowboys. So yeah, there's silly little prop bets that you can make easy money on. You can do that on DraftKings Sportsbook is is what I'm trying to say here. So um, with same game parlay spreads, money lines, over unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. So Dal, Dal, is there a bet that you feel good about this going into this weekend? Um, so it's one that you probably cannot get anymore, uh, given news that has come out, but I was on a little bit early on DraftKings on the Wake Forest spread against Vandy. Uh, as you all are probably keenly aware, I am a Wake Forest fan as well. Uh, and take a shot. Sam Hartman, everybody take a shot. That's right. Take a shot when Check you hear Dow mentions he's a card. Wake Forest fan. <laughs> uh, yep. That's based on your bingo card. I spilled now. Uh, but no, Sam Hartman, they're like the starting quarterback that's been there for a couple of years. Um, ended up having like some kind of like weird blood clot issue, and the like leader in research and fixing it happened to be at Wake Forest. Like, he's a doctor at, at Wake Forest Baptist Medical, so he's back this week, uh, which meant the spread jumped from like minus seven to minus 13. So I got on it whenever it was a lot lower. But I'm going to the game this weekend. Should be super exciting to to watch them. So that's the bet that I'm on. Even if it is still minus 13, I'm, uh, I'm all deeks. Yeah, not going to lie. Um, I, saw, I watched Michael Kern play in high school. He played in or- at Lake Nona in Orlando. And I was oh, hoping yeah. to see him get some action uh, You know, for Wake. He didn't, honestly. So kind of cool that, to make that connection there. But... Anyways, um, good for Sam Hartman. Good for you finding get, getting that inside yeah. detail and getting that that bet locked down. So, yeah. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, here's what you got to do: go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit. That's promo code TBPN and only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right. 
So, hey, it's the it's what you tuned in for. It's the off-season basketball time. We are in the top five, obviously. Last week we did um, Auburn. We have, what, three teams left? Let's do this. Yeah. All right. During the college basketball off-season, we've been breaking down either by ourselves or with a guest that is knowledgeable about a certain team, the top 25 teams from last season, team by team, and previewing them for the upcoming season. We'll talk about roster movements, staff changes, and other impactful events for each team. This week's team is Baylor Bears. Woo! Yeah, Baylor. I hardly know her. <laughs> Baylor's yeah. offseason. So let's. Sorry, it sounds like. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, probably not the best connection for Baylor considering their <laughs> history either. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Baylor's uh, Baylor last season went twenty-seven and seven. They were fourteen and four in the Big Twelve. They finished first in the Big Twelve. They didn't win the Big Twelve tournament, however. Uh, they finished third in the AP Top 25, and then I think they finished ninth in Ken Palm. I could be wrong. I have to double-check that. But, um, anyways, they, they were a good basketball team. Um, overall, it was a weird team, though, because they, they lost some – they lost Cryer, LJ Cryer, pretty early on in the season. He only played 19 games, and so that he was one of their biggest scoring assets for them. And so they had an up-and-down year offensively, but defensively this team was as good as it gets. They could they could withhold teams to under forty points all the time. Um, so now let's talk about the departing players. Obviously, we know James Akinjo went in the draft. This was what his third team in three years. So he went to Georgetown. Who was where was he at before? Was he at Arizona after Georgetown and before Baylor? Yep, Georgetown yeah. for two years, Arizona for a year, Baylor for a year. Yeah, now so. he's what. Like, now he's what with the the Hawks? Was that he the signed summer league? Like, yeah, I think he went undrafted, if I'm not mistaken, and signed a summer league deal with the Hawks. I don't know if that continued on or if he was just on a summer league deal, but either way, he's not at Baylor anymore. Matthew he's Mayer, not. Matthew Meyer, I always do that. It's spelled Mayer, but Me he Meyer. Yeah, you have to think like John Mayer. No, it's Matthew Meyer. Um, he was he was kind of disappointing to me. I thought he would be more impactful at Baylor last year. Just didn't never seem to break into that starting role. Never seemed to go at like you know what I mean like I definitely had higher hopes for him, especially because he was listed in like the top fifteen of returning players for last year. So uh, interesting, you know, interesting. They could never break out. Never even scored double digits on the year um, points per game. But he's transferring well, he, to Illinois. He scored double digit points per game. Well, yes, yes. I meant averaging. Well, Yes, yeah, 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 that's what I Yeah, he scored double digits. I meant averaging. Um, but he's transferring to Illinois. Uh, and then you have Kendall Brown. He was drafted uh, in like 48th pick and then was traded to the Pacers. So he, he averaged like 9.7 points. So not, not quite averaging double digits either. Jeremy Sohan, we talked about him. We talked about him in the uh, draft episode. I think he's kind of a steal for the for the Spurs. Honestly, let's talk a little bit about Sohan. What what makes you think that he is the best player? He was the best player of this team last year. Uh, so, like, I don't know if he was the most important player, or maybe even um, I guess he probably was the best player. But it's it's just hard to I don't know. They have so many guys that are in the like nine point to 14 point range mm-hmm. that it's hard to really fully pick like who their best player was. It kind of depended on matchups. Uh, he definitely has the most upside in terms of that kind of big wing capability, like stopping capability that yeah. is really, really big in, in the NBA right now with, I mean, you have Kawhi, uh, you have 
Well, Grant Williams, I mean, I guess is a really good example of a guy who wasn't expected to be some all-star, but was a really big part of the defense of the Celtics in the yeah. playoffs because he is able to kind of guard those opposing big wings that people have. Um, so that's kind of what you hope Sohan would be. Uh, if his shot can ever come around, then he's definitely uh, someone that will outperform his college production yeah. in the NBA. You know, for for what it's worth, we talk about like if if a shot ever comes around, he averaged nine point two points on the on the year. Uh, Matthew um, Meyer, I keep on wanting to say Meyer again. Matthew Meyer averaged nine point eight, and he was supposed to be you know kind of a perimeter threat for scoring and things like that. So interesting that there's that that comparison there. But yeah, Sohan was good. He got drafted by the Spurs. I thought that was a steal for them. And then the last departing player for Baylor this past season would be Dane Danger, which is you know, all name team. Uh, if we if yeah. we want to do that, because like if your last name's Danger, she's you're Australian at that point, and you're a Danger. Um, but he averaged two points, so he, nothing to really write home about. But he's transferring to Illinois as well, along with uh, Meyer there. So um, let's talk about the returning players. You you know a little bit more about these guys than I do for the most part. I think you watch a little bit more Baylor basketball than me. Uh, tell me about the returning players that we have here. Yeah, so I think the two big names to touch on. Well, so in my mind, there's three There's three big guys. There's Adam Flagler, there's LJ Cryer, and there's Jonathan Chama Chachua. Uh, Cryer and uh, Chama Chachua, who we'll just call JTT from here on out. Cause Jonathan Taylor not- Thomas? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cryer and Chama Chachua were both, uh, both got hurt throughout the year. So Cryer played 19 games. Then Chama Chachua played around 25 games. Um, but both of them were major parts of the the Baylor team. Uh, Cryer was like a 13-and-a-half, 14-point scorer, uh, and Chama Chacha was around 8-and-7. Um, he's more of a forward. Cryer is more of a guard. So getting those two guys back is almost like adding new pieces just because they didn't play the whole season. Yeah. But they're obviously super ingrained in what Scott Drew is trying to do. Then you have Adam Flagler, who was the starting two guard. He averaged – he was actually – I almost wanted to make this a trivia question until I realized that you had access to this doc and you could see it. <laughs> but, like, if you were going to – if I was going to ask you, like, who the leading scorer on this Baylor team was, like, Flagler would not have even been close to my first guess. No. Um, and, like you said, there are a bunch of guys. I mean, there's – what. I would, have, I would have said Akinjo, which would be second place or tied for second yeah, exactly. there. So, yeah. So, like, uh, but obviously it's good when you return your leading scorer. And yeah. with Kendall Brown and Akinjo and Matt Meyer leaving, um, he obviously should get an even bigger role. So I would expect those points per game numbers to, to increase. And he averaged three assists per game too, which means he's a pretty decent secondary playmaker as well. So, yeah. You're also forgetting – we're forgetting about one guy here, and it's basically – it's Mo Bamba, but with a with a fake mustache, um, and his so, name so is – His name is Flo Thamba. You, you say a fake mustache, so it, I, I picture it Mo Bamba with, like, flowing locks. Like That's fine. Has, you can do that, too. I just some, think of, like – He has some serious – he has some serious flow. I, even though I have a mustache, you, you do the the fake mustache. You say this is not this is not Connor Caldwell. It's it's Sean or Shaldwell or you know yeah. something like. Okay. 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 <laughs> as long as it's not Mo Bamba, it's Flo Thumba. 
<laughs> as long as I give him a mullet too, so he yeah, can we'll, we'll, get, we'll um, give him a mullet too. But yeah, Floyd Thom- I mean, didn't really, had been really at six points, six and five, six and six, six and almost. six. Yeah, I mean, he's, so, he sure. he should see a much bigger role. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk obviously about guys that they're bringing in, but they're mainly bringing in uh, guys on the wing and guards. So really do expect him to kind of see a a bigger role at the, at the starting five, taking over for Sohan um, as well. Yeah. Uh, a couple other names to mention. Well, a few more, more names. Dan, uh, Dale Bonner, he was a guard, averaged three points. Jordan Turner, Zach Loveday, they were pretty much useless. And then you had a redshirt freshman guard, Langston Love. So um, I'm sure their roles are going to increase this year. May not see, may not be much, but they will definitely or should increase. Should see more minutes. Um, interesting enough, Baylor, you know, they they lose a lot in production, right? They lose only five players, Absolutely. but they're losing almost four four players that are a few, you know, like a, really close to being double digit scores. Let's just put it at that. Right. So, like a yeah. whole lot of production. Um, but they're getting in. I mean, probably the best player in this class. If if I had to say right now who's the best player in this class, it'd be Keontae George. Definitely um, best. Definitely best. Like best as a freshman. He seems like yes. the most ready to come in and contribute right away. Yeah, and, and and yeah, he has a solid solid shot. Is a good playmaker, good defender, and he can and he can like we talk about the playmaking. I mean, he can pass it from pretty much anywhere in the court too. Like he he's yep. really good all around. Um, which is great because that's the kind of player that Baylor needs after losing all this production. Uh, Jalen Bridges coming from West Virginia. What do you like about him? I know you're you're high on Jalen Bridges. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised as as much as Kentucky fans kind of clamored for every like any and everyone that entered the portal last year. Was surprised we didn't get more people looking to add him. He's a he's got that we have listed here as a wing. He averaged eight point four points and four point eight rebounds. But honestly, like. He kind of functions as his game is more like a guard's game, where he's penetrating off the um, off the edge, and but really like brings size to that kind of backcourt frontcourt hybrid role. Yeah, um, he's six seven, coming from West Virginia, so he's familiar with the Big Twelve, which I think is helpful as well. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to kind of see him take what should be the next step, uh, going to Baylor and kind of replacing that role because like we talked about prior, he's more of a one or two Flagler's a two Keontae George is like a two, three kind of hybrid. I feel like that Jalen Bridges is like firmly that three that they kind of need to, to fill in their, their hierarchy. So excited to see him, uh, see him work. Yeah. And then they also have Caleb Lohner coming from BYU don't really know a whole lot about him. He averaged seven and six. I remember watching a couple BYU games last year, but needless to say, he didn't stand out. Um, but this could be the the spot where he needs to just be in a better system for him. So that's yep. why you transfer. That's why you do these things. I think and then, he has some size too. Yeah, he's he's listed as a two guard, but he's probably a bigger two guard. If you know, Baylor likes either really small guards or really big guards, but nowhere in between, unfortunately, for them. Um, yeah, Dan Swan Grimes. Grimes is a point guard. He's coming from Kilgore Junior College. So he averaged 14 points at the junior college level. That could translate. I mean, no doubt um, scoring is scoring. I know the competition level isn't as high, uh, but if you could score, if you could shoot, that, that'll translate. And then they have a big coming from Australia, 
Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, so if I pronounce it wrong, don't make fun of me. Joshua Ojoanen, Ojianwana, Ojianwana. I'm going to I'm going to confidently say that, and it's probably wrong. Ojianwana, but uh, he's a big coming from Australia. His sure. rank, his rank is 153. It's hard to find information on him, honestly. Um, a lot of these, just recruiting in general, it's hard to find information on recruits. You never really know unless they're like the highly publicized recruits. And even then, it's, there's still a lot of unknowns around them. So uh, what, what do you think of the rest of these guys? Do you know much about these guys? Uh, yeah, the Dayton Grimes uh, guy, the Juco guy, I think is one of the interesting pieces that were really kind of, I don't think he's going to be the X factor. I think if anyone on this list is going to be X factor, it'll be Keontae George. Yeah. But I do think that he averaged about four assists per game uh, in, in Juco, which I think is one of the big things that he'll be tasked with contributing. Um, losing, uh, losing a Kenjo is their main assist guy. Yeah. And you can replace him with Flagler, but Flagler's more of a two prior isn't a huge assist guy. He's more of a scorer. So being able to have that kind of connector there um, should be really helpful for for them. So I'm interested to see there. And then the the OG and Wunu, uh, OG and Wanu, I would say the big that they got from Australia yeah. is actually coming from the, the Josh, NBA. Josh, let's call Josh. <laughs> yeah, Josh. He's, he's coming from the uh, like the NBA Academy, like the NBA Broad Academy thing. That is, I think, a relatively new thing. So, just mm-hmm. I mean, that'll be cool to see him get to work. And I mean, if there's anyone that is a good coach to learn from in uh, college, Scott Drew's not a not a bad choice considering all the yeah. guys they put in the league over the last couple of years. So, uh, excited to kind of see him grow. It'll be nice to be able to get him kind of up to speed. This is just a blanket statement about bigs in general, but like. There are very few bigs that come in as freshmen and are physically like ready to play. So it'll be nice to kind of have him join a team where he isn't needed to produce right away, so that he yeah. can kind of develop at his at his own pace. Um, so and, he, and if he happens to excel and go go to the draft yeah. this upcoming year, you can go ahead and pencil him in for the Raptors because they love those really hard to pronounce last names guys from the NBA Academy from. Africa or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it'll make Raptors fans happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's move on to the all-time Baylor starting five. Before we we do that, just where do you think they're going to finish in the Hmm. Big 12? Where do you think they're going to start the year? Where do you think they're going to end? Yeah, good idea. Good idea. We typically do that. I don't know why I forgot it. But um, where I think they'll finish, um, I can see them finishing anywhere from three to five in the Big 12 depending on how well the learning curve goes for some of these younger guys. Well, some mainly uh, Keontae George. I think he has a talent that he will win some games that they shouldn't win early. I think he's going to need a little bit of time to get acclimated to the college level, and they'll probably lose a game that they probably shouldn't have lost, or they'll lose a game that they should have lost, and that's that. Um, but I, I think they go as where Keontae George takes them. So, um but yeah, I think anywhere I I, I could see him finishing second, honestly. And and there's a scenario that I think Kansas go ahead and pencil in as a number one in the Big Twelve, unfortunately. But you know, uh, but 
yeah, anywhere for honestly two to five would not surprise me. Um, but I, I'm safe. I'll, I'll play it safe and say three. I think three is a good landing spot for them right behind Texas Tech and Kansas. Yeah, I, I think those two plus TCU are kind of the top four. That yeah, and then I guess you can throw Texas in there as the fifth. But I think that Baylor, Texas Tech, yeah, horns down. <laughs> uh, I think Baylor, Texas Tech, and Kansas are uh, the three kind of main contributors to the title race in the Big Twelve. Um, I'm really interested to see kind of outside of the Big Twelve. So in starting on November 18th. They played Virginia and either Illinois or UCLA in Las Vegas over that Friday, Sunday. And then on Tuesday, November 29th and Friday, December 2nd. So kind of with a week in between there. But those those two weeks, that, that second week they play at Marquette in Milwaukee. And then they play, weirdly, they play, or they play Gonzaga in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which I don't get what that's about. That seems like a very random spot that's a weird triangle of distance away from yeah. both of them. Like that's not Gonzaga, like meeting in the middle. Gonzaga fans are rolling in their grave about not being in the kennel, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that, I don't know. That'll, that'll be, I still don't get why that's there, but <laughs> that, that kind of like two week stretch that they have there at the end of November, beginning of December will really tell me kind of where they are. That'll be their barometer for where they go into big 12 play. Um, they also put Arkansas at in Waco for the SEC Big 12 Challenge, which would be yeah, cool. Yeah, that'll um, be a good game. It'll be a great game. Definitely. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I think they'll probably be – I think they should probably start around the 20-ish mark in the yep. preseason poll. Yeah. And depending on how Keontae George and their new pieces fit, they can probably get up to anywhere, like, in the top 10, uh, depending on kind of where they, where they land. But – I think they'll be a top 25 team pretty much all year. Yeah, I agree. If they do drop out, they won't be out long. The, the Big 12 is tough enough where they would be able to string together a couple of good wins and put bump them back in. So, um, But I don't think they will, honestly. I think they'll, they'll start around 21, 22 maybe is what I'm thinking and then move up. Uh, basically when the preseason rankings get destroyed because media don't know how to pick preseason rankings, that's, that's, that's what will happen. Uh, similar to so, college football, that sound like them. <laughs> similar to college football. So um, let's let's do the all-time Baylor starting five and six man. So, all right, I'll let you pick the point guard. Who we have running the point for this all-time starting five? All right. So there there are a couple guys. Baylor has produced a ton of guards, especially in Scott Drew's tenure. Uh, but I feel like that as a tiebreaker. Nickname quality comes into this, and we're going to go with Davion Mitchell, whose nickname is Off Night, because everyone that plays him has an Off Night, which yeah. is easily one of the best nicknames of yeah, anyone. Uh, for sure. So I think I think I'm going him. Plus, he was a a, a like the major piece on that title team. Uh, so let's go. Yeah, let's go the one. Yeah, uh, I'm for my shooting guard here. It's a little un- not unconventional, but it's not one of the Baylor names that most people would recognize instantly because it's not a Scott Drew Baylor name. Uh, but I'm going with Vinny Johnson uh, just because he had a successful NBA career, but also he was one of the more successful players that come from Baylor prior to Scott Drew joining the, the program in the early 2000s. So um, just something different there. And also, like, I can't 
I really can't name a better shooting guard that, you know, that's been at Baylor even since Scott Drew's been there, um, con- considering his stats, and that's all we really have to go on here. So I'm going Vinny Johnson here. What do you think? Yeah, that works. Um, I mean, like I said, there are a bunch of guards that we can go. This is spoiler alert, but this is probably our only kind of non-Scott Drew Baylor player yeah. that we will – Picking, well, to be fair, so, he's been there forever, though. Like he's been yeah, there since he's like, been there for like 84 years. <laughs> he's loyal to the soil, baby. He's been there since True. almost almost 20 years now. Actually, yeah, this this next season will be 20 years. He started in 2003 after the uh, see 2003 2004 after the whole incident with the you know the the shooting or, or whatever it was. Yeah, it was something weird. But um, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm going with Vinny Johnson. So it is a spoiler alert. It's the only non-Scott Drew player that we have here, but that covers a big span, so not too surprising. Um, who do you have as a small forward or wing or three here? Yeah, so I think that he gets kind of a little bit of the short end of the stick in the NBA circles now, just because he feels like that he's one of those guys that constantly gets added and is like trade fodder that doesn't actually really matter, but it's just kind of salary filler. Uh, but Torian Prince, a uh, little bit earlier on the the spectrum compared to some of the other guys that we might end up picking. Yeah. Uh, but great great college career, great NBA career. Um, all-time quote. Big, you know, oh, true. Yeah, true, all-time is. quote. That Providence game in 2015, 2016, that, that team, that era. How do you let Providence out-rebound Baylor? Well, you know, the, the rebound is when the ball comes off the cylinder, off the rim, and you grab it, and they did that more times than we did. <laughs> or, you know, whatever he says there, it was perfect. Uh, just the sass, the pettiness, and, you know, I I couldn't imagine. Uh, it's not after, Providence, it was Yale. It was Yale, that's what Yale it was. That's right. Baylor. That's right, yeah. How does Yale out-rebound Baylor? That's right. But either way, just incredible quote. You know, you're, you're coming off a heartbreaking loss. You know that you're going to the draft after this. Like, the guy, the guy was all for the pettiness, and I'm and I'm here for it. You know, it was just perfect. <laughs> this is just so good. Send it. Send me the video, and I'm gonna put it at the beginning of our episode tonight, okay. and just have that. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Um, but yeah, that that's that's perfect there at the three because he's kind of one of those hybrid three four guys, and that's what. That's basically Baylor basketball is those hybrid three, four guys that can defend really well, can rebound really well, and are physical on the offensive end as well. So uh, kind of the same energy kind of guy just a few years before uh, Torian Prince was Jonathan Motley. And he's even though he didn't kick off the Scott Drew era, he kicked off the successful Baylor basketball Scott Drew era. Like those like that, that, that 2012 to 2014 run that he was here, um, that's where – Baylor basketball became what we know as as it is now, and those were the early days of that. And Jonathan Motley was the symbol of it, even in those ugly Adidas uniforms that, like, they were, like, camo or whatever, but Adidas wanted to do the bright colors so bad. Uh, But you think of that Baylor team, and you think Jonathan Motley, right? So he is the power forward for our all-time Baylor starting five, and I'm he, so sorry yeah. to Jonathan Molly and his family that we have to associate him with those god hopping. Those so bad. Not as well. What other teams were were in those unif- Adidas uniforms? There was like uh, Louisville was CLA one. had a really like weird, yeah, blue one. There was was that A and M was A and M still an Adidas school at that point? I think so. And then was uh, Notre Dame one of them too? 
or maybe not. I hope not. Maybe, yeah. Probably. They were so, Louisville, Louisville so, so Louisville's bad. actually were like the best of them just because it's really, really hard to mess up black and red as a color Yeah. Team. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day in the group chat, and and Matt Sack of Courtside Connect um, said he he loved those as a kid. Uh, Speaking of uniforms, I mean, we can't go any longer. I got to get your thoughts on the new Kentucky uniforms. What what do you think? Let's finish the starting. Fair enough. We'll finish it. Last call. We can make that one of our last calls. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) What what position are we on? Center. Center. Okay. this kind of a a like a close to home and not close to my home, but just like a heartwarming story kind of thing. Uh, let's go with Isaiah Austin here, though. He had uh, that like kind of rare health thing that kept him from getting drafted, and they made him an honorary draft draft pick. But in his years at at Baylor, he was really really good. Um, one of those just like crazy long. Uh, Pain defenders that that they had that was that was yeah. really fun. Yeah. He he just seems like a super sweet kid too. Um, handled that entire situation uh, with a ton of grace. So let's go Isaiah Austin as our as our starting center. Yeah, I like it. And then uh, to wrap things up with our six man, kind of a a precursor to Torian Prince, Jonathan Motley. Before those two at Baylor, there was Quincy AC, who had a successful NBA career as well. Um, just all around, like, solid player, um, consistent. That's what you want. Perfect six-man because he can kind of fit anywhere from, you know, like, in a, in a Baylor offense, he can fit anywhere from the shooting guard to the center, if we're being honest. But he can that hybrid role there. So we'll go with Quincy AC to wrap things up there. So, all right, well, it's it's last call time. So we we are teased it with the uniforms. Kentucky launched those new uniforms. I want to. I want to know your thoughts now that we we texted a little bit about them in a the group chat, but I, I didn't hear your thoughts directly. What do you think? So I think the major takeaway that I have is kind of even irrelevant to the uniforms themselves, and it's just I'm so glad that people can no longer complain about the checkerboards. <laughs> I'm just glad that that is. I I know that it will still be brought up because that's kind of what will happen. But yeah. I'm glad that it's not something that can be focused on now. The uniforms are cool. They kept them fairly simple. Uh, the satin accents are sweet. I don't get the like asym- the asymmetry with the stripe just down one side. Um, it's, I guess, better that it goes from jersey to shorts. Just seems kind of strange to not have it be mirrored. I also... Like the design 101 says that you don't mix serif fonts with sans serif fonts. Yeah. And Kentucky's, like, the lettering font that says Kentucky is a serif font. Yeah. And they went with the sans serif font for the numbers. And I don't, I will never understand why. They're they breaking that. all the rules, baby. The I, asymmetry, the, the font not matching. I love it. I actually thought I would hate it at first, but when I saw it, especially the stripe, like I really the, like the idea I, of the stripe. Yeah, I like the idea of the stripe on one side, the, the logo on the other. People are going to complain about it. But you know what? You know what I think I hated the most about the checkerboard uniforms? It's not the checkerboard. It's just how loud they were with the checkerboards being so wide on both sides and it going down on both sides. So I think 
these stripes are wider. They're just as wide as the checkerboard was, but it's only on one side. So it's not going to be as obnoxious, I think. That's part of it. Um, as far as the fonts, yeah, I mean, like... They, the font's kinda, bad, man. Yeah, the, the font's font not bad. good. But I like the old school, the the arch of the Kentucky on it. That's, yeah, that's what we needed. Uh, that's what we were all clamoring for, and we got it. So I'll take what we get. I'm sure... As long as we're not locked in for seven years on these uniforms, I'm, I'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like if it's anything under seven years, they'll they'll be able to fix them. And that was that was my biggest gripe. It wasn't the actual checkerboard itself. It was the fact that we didn't get anything new for seven years. Uh, that was annoying. So, um, by the way, I did find the picture, and it's hard to tell, but there it is. Ooh. And uh, it looks right. like. The Cincinnati was was the far team there, and it was black and red, so kind of hard to mess up, like you said. But then there's Kansas, Notre Dame, Baylor, UCLA, and Louisville, and those shorts were just the worst thing ever. It just screams Not early good. 2010s. It's you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the kid, the rich kids, rich white kids who had who wore like Under Armour everything to school, uh, and, and you know like it would just they were tryhards at basketball and they weren't that good. Just imagine Matt Sack if he was like twelve. Like that's that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Love you, Matt. The boy Sack. I love you, Matt. No, I'm just I beat, him, I beat him in beer pong this weekend at the tailgate, and I've never felt more young. <laughs> I beat a college kid in beer pong. I am. I was on. I was on now, the world. Now, to to be fair, Sack did say that he was well intoxicated by the time that Dal showed up. That so should I, make him better. Yeah, that's, maybe. That is Maybe. not an excuse. <laughs> That's an excuse for a lot of activities that you could do. Beer pong is not an excuse where, oh, I was yes. I was more drunk than the other person. That is not an excuse <laughs> for beer pong. All right, but legitimately, my last call for the evening um, is let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. If they want to get hyped for a football season, great. If they want to get hyped for a basketball season, great. If they want to get hyped for a show that they know, quote, unquote, is bad, but they enjoy it, let them do that. She-Hulk is fun. Let people enjoy it. Don't let them crap on it. My thing is, I'm watching She-Hulk not because I want a quality, you know, enter- cinematic entertainment experience. I'm watching it because it's funny. It's It connects to the Marvel Universe even more. It, and it is quality. It's just... Yeah. Not it's, not, it's not Martin Scorsese quality, right. and that's the biggest right. connection there because he crapped on the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, but... Which, you know, like... People also need to quit asking, like, the pinnacle of artists and directors, what they think about the MCU, because... Yeah, I'm not going to Gordon Ramsay for his opinion on my, you know, cookout <laughs> cheeseburger, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a cheeseburger at the cookout, you know, you know what you, exactly you're getting, but... Hey, um, that but, cheeseburger is good as hell, too. Yeah, but, like, here's the thing. The the comparison my, I hate the most is when they're comparing to She-Hulk is what they show, like, the twerking scene, the post-credit scene. Hey, it's a freaking post-credit scene. Like, it's not supposed to be, like, driving the plot of the story. And it wasn't even planned. It was, like, a last-minute thing because the actress is a huge Megan, Megan the Stallion fan. So. And she didn't actually get to be in a scene with Megan the Stallion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that's the biggest thing. And then, so, like... But if you're going to complain about that, then you have to complain about Zemo dancing. You have to complain about Captain America admiring his ass and and uh, Avengers Endgames. Like you have to compare like so many things that were actually in the main parts. Like if you're going to complain about this post credit scene, like that's the dumbest thing ever. But 
rant Indeed. over, let people enjoy things that they want to enjoy. House of the Dragon is freaking awesome. I love it so much. Yeah. You go. Your turn. Last call. How much do you know about what is coming up at House of the Dragon? I know a decent amount because I went back and rewatched Game of Thrones last season or last no, year. So. Game of Thrones doesn't tell you much. Yes, about they it. do. Yes, they do. They do not. They do enough for you to know, especially when um, when Arya is serving and she's pretending to be the like the boy for Tywin Lannister, and she's like, even though Tywin knows that she's a girl, uh, she, he doesn't know that she's a Stark. And so she talks in detail about it. And then what's her name? Baratheon's daughter is talking to, uh, I can't think, remember his name right now, but when she's like in prison, like in the tower, she's talking about that too. And so I did my research off of that. That's not all I know. I just know a lot from that. There's just a lot more coming. Oh yeah, sure. There's a whole show based off it. So I'm sure there's more coming, (laughs) but this past week's episode was very fun. Like, good Lord. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Super fun. I think, I think I'll just kind of piggyback on that and say, you also like, don't have to share the same opinions with people. Like just because someone else doesn't like the thing that you like, one doesn't mean that you have to convince them to like it because it shouldn't take away from your enjoyment of it at all. But also if you don't like something that someone else likes, don't be negative about it just to be negative about it. Like they don't have to, you don't have to agree with everyone on opinions on like people's tastes. So just like you said, enjoy what you want to enjoy. Let other people enjoy what they want to enjoy. I feel the same way about pineapple and pizza in this sense. Yeah. If you don't like pineapple on pizza, who cares? Don't eat it, but you don't have to eat it. But if people do like it, let them enjoy it. Unless it's morals, unless it breaks morals and like actual laws, (laughs) let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. (laughs) Really dumb, trivial stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like sports and entertainment and all that that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) You know what also is entertaining? TikTok and Instagram, where you guys can follow us at Beers and Buckets Pod, and then YouTube. I mean, we're on YouTube. Say, have you ever heard of this platform called the YouTubes? Yeah. Well, we're on YouTube, and if you're watching this on YouTube, we probably don't need to advertise to you. But if you're watching this on YouTube, go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts for us. Hit the play, scrub the little scroll bar all the way, and then play out the episode. Even well, you can just actually watch. You can actually watch too if you want. Yeah, I mean, you can actually. Well, listen, I guess at, yeah. at this point, if you're here, then you probably have watched all the way through. I don't know. Regardless, yeah. yeah, go back and do that again. Hit the little like button down there. I yeah. hate when people say smash the like button. You don't have to smash the like button. You can just hey, click it. Gen- gently click it. Gently click right. it. Cr- you don't have to smash it. it. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get why that <laughs> has become a thing. Yeah. But we want you we want you to enjoy your time on YouTube. You don't have to smash anything. Unless I, you're I super into the Hulk. Yeah, true. I've done this in the past and I feel like I actually didn't really do it this time. But in the past I've done something that very clearly requires you to have like the video. Uh, which I have done in the past when we didn't have video, which was dumb. Uh, but I must, I need to start bringing that back just so that we can have something for the people on YouTube to like actually be able to see it. That's like, oh, you need to go watch the YouTube thing to yeah to really get the full experience. Yeah, that's a Mitchellberg reference, also. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But like, rate, leave a review, share this episode, and then go check out the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter for more shows like this one. And don't forget to sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using promo code TBPN. And that's all we got. That's all we got for you tonight. 
Uh, fun story, just a little side note. This is our second time recording this episode because we had technical difficulties last night. So you're getting the the new and improved Beers and Buckets episode on Baylor Bears 2.0. And uh, if you made it this far, then you would probably understand why we were so good at doing it this time around. So We can yeah. call this episode the Baylor Beers. Baylor Beers. Boom. Boom. Catchy title solved. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Catchy title solved. Dow did it. You did Let's it, go. big guy. You did it, big guy. All right. That is the bottom line because Connor said so. This has been Entertainment Tips, Beers, and Buckets with Connor and Dow. And you guys have a great week. Go follow Dow on Twitter at do underscore well Harmon. Go follow me on Twitter at Connor J. Caldwell. And have a great week, guys. Peace, homies.